Great. So um, today I'm having a conversation with um, Toby Chant, who's leader of Glow Torbay, um, an innovator, an entrepreneur, um, church leader, um, and someone I've got to know through the Wildfires um, Network a little bit more, but also, also through the Southwest networks that we're engaged in. Um, so welcome, Toby. Good to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's my first time being on this end. I've, I've done a few interviews like this uh, with other leaders around Torbay and, uh, and I've been on, on your side. So uh, now I know how everyone else feels. I know how it's feeling. Good. Great. So, yeah, thanks for taking the time. I mean, uh, why don't we start? What, um, obviously, the whole premise of Standing in the Rubble is um, this idea that we're in a whole new landscape now. Everything's changed. Mm -hmm. um, rapidly far more rapidly than any of us could have imagined whatever the prophetic sense we had coming into the year i don't think any of us envisaged this so um do you want to talk about do you want to talk about that briefly what what do you sense is happening what do you sense is going on um what do i think the sense is happening what is going on um if, if you're anything like us and uh, you know if your church anything like us we've been praying for god to do a new thing and and you know around the wildfires tagline of of contending for a, the next great awakening yeah. that like for us that's not hype that, that this is a it's a like a genuine prayer it's it's a genuine belief that that, that something god could do something or would do something new in our lifetime and i think we all would would agree that things needed to change and um, I guess I guess I said from the outset, like we, I don't I don't believe that God has caused this virus, like a, like that like that's not in my theology that that God has caused this stuff. But what I do think about God is that He, as a master craftsman and creative, that whatever raw material, whatever sin, whatever destruction, whatever brokenness um, is there, that He turns that you know He turns beauty from ashes and. Um, and so I don't believe that God has caused it, but I, I do believe that in this moment of crisis, um, and I'm, I'm not going to be saying anything new, I don't think that um, that God is doing a new thing, which I think is aligning with some of the prayers and many of the prayers that we've been praying for, for years to come. Um, I, on our first Sunday, our first live stream Sunday, and, and I just like we got we just went really quickly into we've we've got a transition, we've got a pivot, we've got to get online, we've got to find ways to connect with our community as well as possible around pastoral care and good communication channels, and then we went online. And I just remember we haven't just straddled this this gathering of guys. It's great to be with you all, and um, and uh, and this traumatic moment of the virus. Like this is there's lockdown. Um, but I can remember in, in, in trying to encourage people in that space on that Sunday, talking about like, we've been, we've been recognizing that our political system needs reform. Like we've been recognizing that our education system needs reform. We've been recognizing that our welfare system needs reform, that these things don't really, from what I see, mirror the, the kingdom and, and, and the reign of the rule of God. And, and there are, that they uphold structures. That I don't think are healthy structures. And so we're praying for those things to come down and to be changed and for reformation. And within a space of a couple of weeks, you have education is very different. Like this cohort will not have the exam results in the same way. They won't be tested and pressured in the same way. And we've realized that, oh, that's okay. 
it's going to be okay for them. And, and the welfare, you know, the way that the government has injected finances into support people, look after people, like, I know there's been talk over the last few years about a magic money tree. There isn't one. But now one. <laughs> yeah, there's, but there's been, there's been sense of reform. There's, yeah. there's, so, yeah, to answer what, what, is, what is God doing? I, I do feel that this crisis is causing some of the things that have been built up, man-made structures, institutions, like things that are shaping our culture have been pulled down. Yeah. And now there's an opportunity to start to rebuild things that m- hopefully are more in line with God's kingdom and God's ways. And that's a great recognition, isn't it? I think so many of our prayers weren't just about, in fact, I think we knew we recognized in our prayers. We certainly in, in our church, I think in wildfires, sure it's the same in yours. We recognized that whatever this revival, this renewal that was coming, um, wasn't going to look like um, things that had come before. It, it mm. was going to have a whole new um, vibe to it and I think it's really interesting you know you like us weren't just praying for more people to come to faith for the churches to grow we were praying for a whole societal um, renewal um, that, that would see changes in education and changes in welfare I think and, and I think it's really interesting because we're, we're seeing that and I think sometimes um, we can miss we can miss the opportunities there in front of us it's really interesting the conversations going on because we solved we took some big steps over solving things like homelessness overnight and and yeah now there's challenges but there's opportunities for well how do we not go back to where we were how do we find the new ways forward to has this enabled us to break the back of something or to or to have we been forced to find some new models around something that that gives space for innovation so we don't go back to where we were and i think one of the greatest tragedies would be if a year from now or 18 months from now we look back and went oh that was a weird few months yeah. but we're back to where we were now like that's that is not what we need to be praying for as churches we need to be seeing the opportunities and um and helping be involved in the conversations that help reshape our society around education around healthcare, around social care around homelessness around welfare around families around what, whatever it might be yeah that's right yeah, yeah. i love that yeah. So, um, so then, what's it looked like? Um, what has that looked like for you as church? What are the opt- what are the conversations you're involved in? What are the um, what what's it meant? Not just moving online, but what what are the changes you've seen in Torbay um, in yeah. the community? Whether that's between churches or conversations you're involved in with your council and health care system or whatever. Uh, what 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 are you seeing? Yeah. So, um, I would say the thing which is the most beautiful, and, I, and I've I've shared this with quite a few people is um is seeing streams of the church being united and i've i've, I've talked to people about church unity and, and rachel and i moved back and we planted globe we, we moved back to torbay in 2012 we both grew up here and um before we did we had like a mirror in our flat one bed flat in ramsgate in east kent and we had like post-it notes praying for different people and different things. And we had different church leaders on there from Torbay and, and, and unity was something which we really felt that we, like we carried and was really important to us, partly because we're moving home. So, um, so we knew some of the church leaders and, and partly because we, we felt that, you know, we kind of said to God, like we're in this for the long haul like not when I plant a church five-year plan and then we might go and plant another church but actually this is our home we're moving home because actually home is home 
and we feel the best way that we can walk out the call of God in our life is to plant a church. The agenda was the kingdom and planting the church was like the overflow of that rather than the agenda being planting church. So because of those things, unity has always been like really close to our heart. Like our parents have been involved in other churches. So when I've talked to people about it, one of the things I've seen is there's a difference between the headlines of church unity, which might be really good projects like street pastors. So street pastors in Torbay, phenomenal example of, of, of churches coming together to make something happen. Um, CAP is the same. Uh, we've got a, a youth trust called Links in Torbay. Great thing of churches uh, coming together to make things happen. But I've always had a sense it's, it's been about making things happen and often because there should be. But what I've sensed in this and, and, and the conversation I've been having you know, during the last years is for me that the signs of unity is not about the headlines of doing stuff together, but is kind of the, the litmus test is the friendship of leaders. Not relationship, because you can have a business relationship and a working relationship and, and that's fine, but actually the friendship like where genuinely I'm praying for your kids where you know I and I'm and, and I'm praying that your church would thrive and, and I'm and I'm able to be the person that you pick up the phone to because something's really difficult and there's tears like that that friendship of leaders for me is like the that's the metric of, of unity and in this season I've just seen an acceleration of of that of friendship around um, church leaders and so uh, the, the way I've, I've described it is like I've, I've never sensed such a mutual affection and shared vision uh, amongst leaders and, and there is a genuine mutual affection which I'm experiencing I come off a zoom call and I'm like this is almost emotional to see the open-handedness of leaders the mutual affection of leaders and then the other thing which is, has happened is we've all been as, as and this, I am talking specifically around a group of five of us, but it, it does overflow more than that. But there's five of us meeting pretty regularly. We've all been reading the same books. Right. So, so, so our teaching series over the last few months have all been pretty much informed by Pete's How to Pray, um, by John Mark Homer, and uh, the Ruthless Elimination of, of Hurry. Um, and they're influenced by people like John Tyson. And, and so there's, there's very similar influences and God's been drawing us to a similar place of rhythms of prayer, um, of, of, of formation. Uh, and so that mutual vision along with the mutual affection is something which is, mm. is really beautiful. Um, and then when stuff happens in share, so then when like our friend Ian run, is running the food bank and they have a challenge, like us and other churches are going, we'll send a call out to see if we can have drivers to come and serve you. And, but when it comes through that friendship first, yeah. I feel like there's so much more power and authority uh, yeah. and it's so much more kingdom than just that, that the tagline of shared projects. Does that, yeah. does that make sense? No, absolutely. I think, that, I think that's beautiful. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think sometimes we, we can look at scriptures like, you know, the world know that you're my disciples, by the way, you love one another. And we kind of think that that's how we love each other in our own church, which is true. Mm. But actually the church, we're part of the church, not, a church amongst many and um and how we serve each other bless each other love each other mm. resource each other encourage each other cry with each other is is absolutely um and it's such a um prophetic stance i think for the for the moment we live in such a polarized 
society where people who have differences don't listen to the other, don't listen to other voices. And actually to be able to model something in the church where we have people who don't necessarily hold the same views on everything, who don't necessarily read scripture the same way in every, in every aspect of it, but, um, but are able to love each other beyond uh, through that, hear each other, encounter God through each other, um, but love each other in the middle of that, create those relationships in that context. I think that's a, that's a prophetic stance for the church um, in this, in this society. One of the things that someone said to me as I was sharing some of these bits is, you know, if, if we want to see a great awakening, we need to see lots of little awakenings. Right. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, if we really want to see our dreams for Tor Bay, if we, if we absolutely want to see that, that's not going to happen through glow. We do think it can happen through the church being aligned with the spirit of God, being consecrated to, to him and his cause. We yeah. do think that. But I know I'm under no illusions and no matter how good or big or influential our church gets, that's, you know, that that's not enough. But for the church, for there to be many awakenings and and for that to come together, the critical mass of that in our area, I genuinely, again, not hype. I can see that in our, yeah. in, in our future, in our, in our eye line. That's beautiful. And you mentioned there about formation um, and our spiritual formation in this time and in some of the books you're reading and um, prayer being, you know, called, to, called into prayer and what our spiritual formation looks like. And obviously, as church leaders, um, how we disciple, how we encourage discipleship, how we encourage people to engage with God is um, is different at this time. Like, I think. And, and probably for us to emerge into whatever the new landscape's going to be, our formation needs to look a little bit different. Um, what, what are you seeing in that area? And what are your thoughts in that area? Um, what am I seeing? Well, one of the things I saw straight away was as soon as this all happened, we, we went to some daily prayer. And we had like our numbers of people logging on every day to pray was like, was big, you know, for us, 20 devices, which, you know, we kind of work at a 1.5 kind of ratio of meaning that's maybe 30 people um, to pray. You know, we, we are, we're a church of 50 or so adults, so 50 to 60 adults, um, uh, a core and then you know what were wider i guess a fringe and so that was quite a high percentage of people and over the course of the week probably 75 percent of the adults in our church would have come to one of our, our kind of prayer times and uh, that really encouraged me <laughs> we changed it to the mornings this morning it was three of us <laughs> so <laughs> um so yeah so there was the excitement i think the novelty of going online the, the people des the desiring connection only you can't get face to face in some ways at the initial point people thought how am i going to fill my time and and actually at that point it became easy to pray right. it became easy to join together to set aside your own time you know it, that i think at that moment it became easy what we've now seen like i don't know how many weeks we're in i think we've done 11 sundays now or something like that. So it must be kind of you know, towards the three weeks three months in um what's happened is that adrenaline energy boost starts to wane as things start to become normal um so what I'm hoping for in this season is that we are, as Christians, we are 
we are re-establishing um, rhythms of prayer, um, disciplines of, of formation in our own homes mm. and in our individual lives that are not, um, uh, they're not dependent on the, the, a church service. They're not dependent on a gathering. Um, there's a decentralizing of, 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 of church and, and formation. Now, the, the challenge of that is it puts responsibility onto the individual um, uh, to, to do it themselves. The, the beauty in that is as we, as individuals, take that responsibility, um, we're leaning in, we're abiding increasingly in God himself, not in our leaders, our small group leaders, our, you know, our, our mentors, our, our disciples. Um, and so there's the potential for this season of formation, or the, the season of the church to, to really lean into a deep sense of intimacy and being formed by the spirit of God, by the word of God, um, by the life of Jesus in a way that is profound and deep and transforming. There's also the risk course that 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 we don't that we put on netflix yeah that that we we scroll our phones that um that you know all of those kind of things so i see that and and the quote that i'm i've been hanging on to and you would i think you would have sat in on it and you know men of the church probably if, if you watched wildfires night two um chatting to john tyson pete's chatting to john tyson and he, and he talks about this must be stronger than that and and those of you that didn't see it that the, the image was of Bonhoeffer and, and Bonhoeffer is he's, he's trying to retrain like this cohort of new uh, priests and um, and the comment was that you're asking too much of them like your training for these new priests is too is too much you're not going to get anyone that's up for it and uh, and the story is that they got a row in a boat they rode up to this this site where they could see the the, the kind of the third reich training camp and 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 watching as as hitler and the um yeah and his 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 team are like putting people through their paces training them to be part of the third reich and and the the quote was that this as in the formation of of ourselves as christians and as leaders must be stronger than that mm. you know we're not in a we're not in the, the place where we've got an impressive regime like the um uh, like the Nazis is far more subtle than that, which makes it harder because the formation that, that we are, that is, is and has a potential and, and, you know, is happening with us is a, is a kind of secular progressive self-fulfilling formation, which is meaningless, um, which is addictive and, and therefore our formation of spiritual formation to be like Christ is is actually a counter formation to what our default neutral mode would be being formed by the world around us. So that, that quote of like, this must be stronger than that, a call to, to, to discipline, to, um, to pursue, like to really pursue hard the ways of God and, and to, to, to allow that to be our key formation rather than, as I say, Netflix and, right. Um, popular culture or whatever else it might be yeah i think it's interesting you mentioned um john mark homer's ruthless elimination of hurry and it does feel like that's a book for the time doesn't it a book for this moment particularly particularly i found that the section on sabbath and how mm -hmm. the the countercultural nature of building that sabbath into our rhythm um what does that look like for us as individuals but also really what does that look like for them as a family 
um, and what does that look like for us as families? And, th and there is this idea, I think, in this new moment that we're actually we're responsible for our own formation, and that's absolutely true. But also, we're responsible for our family's formation, and mm. um, for for those around us, we're responsible for each other's formation. Um, this is, um, you know, this um, this is the priesthood of all believers, um, maybe being worked out. Right. This is where it isn't about, oh, well, these guys are the church leaders and they'll sort everything out. And they're the ones who need to be really disciplined or really close to God or whatever. The rest of us, you know, we're all kind of like this is about the formation of the priesthood of all believers. And actually we're responsible for each other's formation. And I, I love that. I love what you're sharing there. Um, thank you so much for that, Toby. Can we finish on um, one final question? Is there a is there a verse? Is there a scripture that is um, just resonating for you at the moment that you would? leave us with yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna give you two answers the first one is um i've just been sitting in deuteronomy and, and i'm actually just writing some teaching at the moment for the church around giving um and and in some ways like now is the time you feel like oh, we shouldn't be talking about giving because everyone's hard up um whereas it's in, in deuteronomy there's a there's a this revisiting of the commandments and of the law just before the um the israelites are to step into the promised land and um, and they're actually they come, they've come out of the wilderness, so they've come out of kind of crisis where they've had to rely on God for manna from heaven and a cloud by day, fire by night, that kind of reliance of uh, on God from a place of what we might be described as wilderness crisis, stepping into a place where the land flows with milk and honey, a provision and, and of promise, and there's this um, yeah th that kind of whole section and i've been really sitting in from chapter eight through to chapter 15 specifically around a few things but like just go back to that like just start to reading some of that because i feel like we're we're almost in that position a little bit now and there's some warnings about like because when you get into the promised land you're going to forget that you used to have to have to rely on manna and you're going to start to to think that the reason things are good is because you're really good and forget that it's because god's good and he's gives he's giving it to you um so that as a as a bit of a chunky passage there's some just stuff in there that's really speaking to me and then last week i was with um with some team from scripturium so amongst different things i'm also a, i'm a, a mission enabler for scripturium across the southwest um and i was with some of the team then someone brought uh john uh, to john um to us and there was just this little verse in 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 it. it's a very very small letter anyway you can read it in about three minutes um but as we start thinking about like rebuilding and creating and and our, my my problem and our problem as a church is not that we have that we're void of ideas it's that we could have too many ideas and start running ahead and start like doing things because we think they're a good idea rather than because we're in tune and in step with the spirit. And this just really spoke to me. Um, so this is verse nine. So two John um, verse nine, there's not even any chapters. It's such a small letter. Um, it says everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both father and the son. And so that that's one that's maybe it's a personal one kind of for me before our church, but to go the abiding in Christ, being in tune and in step with the spirit um, is so important at this time to hold his hand for him to hold our hand as we start to take these steps forward. We start to, to rebuild, recreate, as opposed to running on ahead. Um, because, uh, yeah, so that, that those are my contributions. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for your time. 
Um, really valuable listen to you. Thanks. You're welcome.